0: Good afternoon, ladies. It's good to see you all, Um, and good afternoon to those who are watching from home. Um, As you have heard already, um, I've been asked to speak on serving God with our hands, and on the basis of um, Colossians chapter three, verses twenty-three to twenty-four. So I would also like just to say thank you for having me and. I look forward to sharing with you what the Lord is also teaching me, and the Word of God is living, and so each time we read it, we also get ministered to, even as you're preparing to share something, so we thank the Lord for that. Um, this, um, these verses are an encouragement from the Apostle Paul on how we may serve the Lord in a manner which is pleasing to God. So I'll just read the verses once again, although um, Taonga already read them. Um, Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 to 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Shall we pray? Our Father, we want to thank you for your word this afternoon, we pray that you might speak to us, to empower us, to cause us to know your heart, and that, dear Lord, you will empower us also to do your will and to obey that which you speak to us this day. Father, I pray that you might also touch my lips, that I'll be able to say that which comes from you and honors you. For we pray these things in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So the book of Colossians, in chapter 3, Paul was writing to the Colossians in a city called Colosse. Colosse. It is in present-day Turkey. And in those days, a lot of these Roman cities had quite a number of slaves there. And he was basically uh, addressing these slaves, who some who had very difficult taskmasters, were ill-treated or given degrading treatment, and maybe not even awarded, rewarded adequately for the type of work that they were doing. Although he does not justify slavery, he is saying that in their condition, in their situation, they must work as unto the Lord, giving glory and honor to the Lord because they were Christians. And he also gives them God's standards for work. He says slaves should work heartily not primarily to please their masters, but to please God. And then Paul, in this like manner, is also speaking to us today. Work is part of humanity, and as believers, we should not lose focus on who we are and uh, for whom we do what we do, even as we obey our earthly authorities, whether it's at the workplace, wherever we are placed. And in today's world, there are a lot of there are increasing demands on us. some of you are students, um, some of you are homemakers, but you maybe have a a regular job as well, you are employed. And at the same time, as is common in Zambia, you're probably running a small business on the side just to make ends meet. So there are all these demands upon you. So in the midst of this type of life, we need to keep our focus on whom we are serving and why we do what we do. And I think this is what the type of encouragement that we are going to find in, the, in this verse that we've just read. So I will look at the nature of work, the what, and the manner in which we work, the how, and then we will also look at the why. Why do we do what we do? But before we even go there, I would like us to look at Ecclesiastes, Because the Bible, in a number of places, also tells us how we are supposed to work and why we work, even before we come to the Apostle Paul. So we look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. It reads, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom, In the grave where you are going so the uh, King Solomon the wise man is here giving a general philosophy to life that we must work hard at whatever we have to do now because there's a time when we're going to the grave and in the grave there's no working it's done so the best that we can do must be done now while we still have life and then the Lord Jesus Christ himself in John chapter 9 verse 4 also says Just before he was about to perform the miracle of um, giving sight to a man born blind, he says to his disciples, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for night comes when no man can work. So he attests to the fact as well that there is limited time for us. We work within a limited time frame and we must execute our duties that have been assigned to us well. And um, Spurgeon, also in the morning devotional, the other day also wrote about this, and he says, we have no other life to live. The past is gone, the future has not arrived. We never shall have any time but time present. So work must be done in this present time while we yet have life. And we must do it in a way that it will be effective, that it will inspire, and influence others, and also mainly that it will glorify the Lord. So if there's any fruit that we need to bear, it must be born now. So in this text, like I mentioned already, we are going to look at three things relating to working in a way that honors Christ, which the Apostle Paul emphasizes in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 to 24. The first one is the nature of work, the what. So the verse reads, Whatever you do, and this is a broad statement. It says, Whatever, whatever type of work you are engaged in, and whatever means everything and anything, all possible types of work that we engage in by our nature or station in life. In our context, it must it may be in the home, or if you are mothers looking after children, cooking, if you're in formal employment, it refers to that. And I mentioned already some of you are students. It refers to that, or you're running a business, or you're involved in in a ministry in the church. Whatever you do is what uh, Paul is referring to here, whatever you're engaged in. So we must not take any form of work as insignificant. This work is not important because I'm just looking after the children. I'm not as important as the one who perhaps uh, writes a book um, they, you think they are more, doing more significant work. Whatever God has placed in your hands or wherever he has placed you is a place significant enough for you to do what you do well to his honor and glory. So it matters to God and it matters because working is an act of worship. We are told maybe we, should, we can turn to First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. We are told that everything we do even if we eat or drink as paul writes in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 paul writes whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do do all to the glory of god so it glorifies god whatever we do should glorify god it should honor him so work working is also an act of worship. The next one, we see that work is also an opportunity for us in this life to to please God and that we also find in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 to 10. And this reads as follows. Um, For this cause you also, since the day you heard it, do not cease, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So work is an opportunity to please God. And work also is honourable. And it is godly even the lord god himself worked we are told in genesis after he had created he rested so god sets an example for us that work is right and work is godly and work is honorable Uh, paul again in second thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10 says let him who does not work not eat so we see that this means work can also be a means of Earning an income so it is honorable. Okay, so that is on the nature of work. What is the whatever? Whatever our fi- hands find to do, wherever we are placed, stationed in life, let us do what we need to do well. The second one is uh, the manner in which we work. So, the how. How do we work? Paul says, with all your heart. Now, we all know that the heart we know about physically is uh, the organ in our bodies that pumps blood around our bodies to spread around the nutrients and the oxygen in our bodies. But the Bible refers to the heart as a seat of all um, our emotions, our desires, and it, is, it, comp- com- it comprises all the things pertaining to our mind, our will, and most important, our conscience. So this is the part that Paul is talking about. With all your hearts, that's your mind, your soul, your emotions, all these things must be brought together for you to work in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. So whatever we do, we begin with our attitude, our hearts, and our willingness to do that which we need to do. And when we read further in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13, we, we see that Paul talks about Christians being willing and working, but also that God is the one that will help us to, to be willing to work and perform that which is required of us. So let us just turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. The verses read as follows wherefore my beloved as you have always obeyed not as not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is god which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure and the bible reference that i was looking to explains this as follows that in verse 12 Paul commands the Philippian Christians to work out their own salvation, meaning they are to put the truth of their belief into practice. What they are in Christ needs to be worked out through their actions and attitudes. The reason for this command is given here in verse 13. God is acting through the lives of those believers. This understanding should lead believers to have a deep sense of appreciation and Amazement that God is actually acting through our lives. So whatever we are doing, God is acting through that to minister to others, to influence others, to bring glory to himself. And this should really cause us to appreciate the fact that we have been included by the Lord God himself to be part of his ministry in this world. And then it also further says that God works in us to do, to will, to desire, to do that good pleasure and also secondly that he works in us to work for his good pleasure so god's spirit in the believer also gives both the desire and the strength to live for god and this only happens to us when we are being obedient the lord jesus christ said if you love me you will obey my commands so all these things that the spirit does in our hearts works together with our willing hearts to do that which god has required of us to do so now how do we leave this out The working with all our hearts we look now at um, the whatever and what does it look like how do we leave this out okay so there are actually i have here about um, six things which i'll run through quickly So when we are working with all our hearts, we are going to work diligently. We are going to work with care. We are going to do what we do work properly. We are not going to be sloppy. We won't do such work that somebody else has to come to finish it off. We will do it properly, diligently. Secondly, we will do it promptly now. We won't procrastinate. We won't say, I'll do it tomorrow. If there's something, a curtain in your home, falling apart, you you say, I'll do it tomorrow, and the next day you find the whole thing has fallen down. If the children at home like to eat, you cannot say later you have chaos in your house. So whatever, whether you're a student, if it means you must study, do your assignment now, you do it now. You don't wait for tomorrow. Do not procrastinate. That is not working with your heart. And then if you are In the church, in a ministry, you need to be responsive as well, to act quickly, to seize the moment. Perhaps that need needs to be attended to now. There's probably a patient in hospital that needs your ministry, but you feel, look, I'll I'll do it tomorrow or the other day, then the next day the patient is discharged. You've missed out on an opportunity to honor God and to do the things which he has required of you to do. Thirdly, we work passionately. Working with your heart means you are passionate you have the zeal and the energy. You put in hard work. You put your heart in what you're doing. You give it all your all. If you've got a talent or a skill, you, you work on it. You improve it. You master it. You perfect it. You become somebody that people will refer to. They, if they need any information about that particular thing, they'll say, see so and so, because they know that you have perfected that um, quality. Uh, fourthly, you work faithfully we, and consistently. In Romans chapter 12, we are told that we have various gifts, different giftings that the Lord has given to us. So I'll read Romans chapter 12 from verses 6 to 8, which reads as follows, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let it let us prophesy according to the, proportion of faith our ministry let us wait on our ministering or he that teaches on teaching or he who exhorts on exhortation he that gives let him do it with simplicity and he that rules with diligence he that shows mercy with cheerfulness so all of us have a gift nobody in um, the body of Christ does not have a gift when you are saved God gives us various gifts. So serving is not just to a special few people that we think of because maybe they have been long in the faith or they have more giftings, therefore it's their duty or it's their role. All of us have a particular gift or a role to play, a gift that God has given us and a specific place which is for us in the body of Christ. So when we are needed, let us show up. That means we are working with our hearts in our ministry. Fifthly, we work joyfully. If our heart is in what we do, we are going to work joyfully. Psalms 100 verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with joy. With gladness so be glad that you're given a part to play in the grand design of God whatever work you are doing be glad for that opportunity if it's employment be glad that you can earn an income if it's serving be glad that you are able to to be the hands that God is able to use in whatever sphere of life that you have been placed so this is also done without grumbling because we, we might not rumble openly, but yet within our hearts we are not happy about what we are doing. We do it grudgingly. You know, we wish somebody else could help me here or other people should have been doing this. But if we are serving the Lord with our heart, we do that work joyfully to honor God. And that's the type of work that honors the Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself is our perfect example. When we read in Hebrews We read that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And then someone also said, with Christ there was no outward formal devotion given by him. His heart was in his work. The Father's will was his meat and drink. Where there is no heart, it is not possible to please the Lord because we are not working in a way, in a manner that gives him honor. So the Lord is our example. He was spontaneous in all that he did. And even when he was undertaking our own salvation, Christ was focused on the work set before him. He looked through the cross knowing he'd give his life. And yet we are not spilling blood here. Others have spilled blood in the body of Christ. We we read of people that have given their lives for the gospel. But we just have duties to attend to. Let us do these things with all our hearts. And then we are also told that look to the Lord when you work, not to men. So focus your service on the Lord. We do not work for men or to please men. We might have superiors in our uh, former employment, the authorities. Yes, we give them due respect. But ultimately, the judge of our work is the Lord God himself, who is the best master. And he keeps his promises. In In the end, he alone will judge how we have done our work, okay? Well, there are several verses that talk to us on how we please God with our work. The first one is Ephesians chapter six, verses uh, five to seven, which I'll just read quickly. Ephesians chapter six, verses uh, five to seven. Servants, Paul was writing to servants here as well be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto christ not with eye service as men us, but the servants of christ doing the will of god from the heart with good will doing service as to the lord and not to men so it is repeated here as well and also paul says in second um, corinthians Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, uh, Paul says, Where, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted by him. So we labor so that God accepts the labor that we, we perform. We please him. Whether we are amongst believers or whether we are on our own, our work requires that we work alone. We work in a manner that pleases God. And the same is said in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, that we might walk worthy of the Lord and that we might please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So this is what this verse says about working with our heart. And also knowing whom you are serving makes all the difference. It makes all the difference with what? how you do your work. It gives your work a special type of dignity and it transforms your otherwise tedious work to something very special. And as I was looking at this, I I recalled when I worked for the government um, as an officer there, there was a man who was a driver and his responsibility was to drive the minister around. That man was always dusting the car. Even after washing it, he would be dusting it. The minister goes in the car, comes out, he would start dusting it and would laugh about it. But he was committed. And because he knew he was serving the minister, it affected influenced the way he was working because he knew his master. So we know that we serve the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. We should forever be dusting up our work so that we please him and give him glory. The third point is the why. Why do we do what we do heartily? Um, We are told in Colossians itself, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Paul says to these slaves, they had a very difficult Life, I'm sure, some of them. And if you you remember, recall the story of Onesmas. Onesmas was a slave that ran away from Philemon, and Philemon was amongst these people in Colosse. He, in fact, the church met in his house. Now, his slave ran away. Um, well, from what we hear, it appears like he had taken something, but they didn't have an easy life. And yet, Paul was saying to them that work hard, work with all your heart because you know that you're going to receive a reward which is your inheritance from the lord and this is what he was talking about what is this inheritance we know that a reward is usually given for something that you do but god is not paying it's not a payment this inheritance the reward of an inheritance because we we have not even merited it in fact what we do we do because it's it's just expected of us it's expected of us it is due to the lord and it's not because we think um, if I work more, God will give me more. Yes, there are rewards. There is honor, but the reward being talked about here of an inheritance is not merited. It's a reward of grace. In fact, it is already there. When we read in um, in uh, Peter, First Peter, chapter one, verse four. Uh, First Peter, chapter one verse 4 tells us already it reads I'll start from verse 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So this inheritance is already there. Usually people leave an inheritance for children. And God, because we are his children, through Christ, he gives us this inheritance, and we inherit from him not only as heirs of God, but also there is a glory which we inherit, the riches of his glory. These are unmerited gifts which we have not worked for. But yes, there is also the well done, which is talked about in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, when God will say to his people, those that have worked faithfully, well done, thou good and faithful servants. And also, Revelation tells us, there is a judgment of believers when we will be judged according to our works. But we know for sure that there is this inheritance. And Paul is encouraging these slaves that you work hard because you know already there's something that the Lord has put aside for you. And because you have this hope, full confidence, and faith in this inheritance, you should be able to take comfort in your present work. You should be able to be encouraged to discharge your duties with much diligence, with faithfulness, with cheerfulness, and even if the present returns are smooth. At your workplace maybe your salary is not even as much as you think worth what you put in but the fact that you're giving glory in that place of work is more than even that salary can ever afford for you because God is honored and who knows who's watching you in your place of work sometimes you don't know there are people who are assessing you the way you work the way you are consistent the way you do your work perfectly The way you honor God with the small things that you do when you think nobody is watching, but that gives glory to the Lord. And many can testify of it later and say, yes, indeed, that was a Christian. So at at this point, um, also, when we come to the end, we are told, because it is Christ whom we serve. We've already seen that we are serving Christ. So in all these things, we are not serving earthly masters, yes. We've signed contracts at work or in the ministry we are doing it for the body of christ but ultimately it's our love for the lord that drives us to do what we do and it is christ we serve and he's a faithful rewarder of those who do things faithfully and he himself has obtained this inheritance which we will receive and he is worthy he's worthy of all our sweat and blood he's worthy of all the work that we do to his honor and glory now, a word for those who are not Christians. I know some, uh, of some people who are not believers feel that they do serve the Lord. They, they give alms, they, they, they look after the sick, they, they do a lot of things which they think are God's work. But I would like to tell you that the work we are talking about is spiritual work, a work that can only be pleasing to God because it is done by those who are saved, who are bought by Christ. You might gain accolades, you might gain um, recognition from the world. But then the scriptures also tell us that what does it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? So it is your soul that matters if you are not a Christian. First, get saved. Get to know the Lord Jesus Christ who died for you. The Lord for whom um, to whom all honor goes. He gave his life for you because you are a sinner. We are all born sinners. So you come to that point when you realize that nothing that you do can please God unless you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, then you can give him true worship. When he himself begins to live in you because you have confessed your sins, turned away from your sin, and he has given you his spirit, then that work which you do will please him. And Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14 also tells us that Christ cleanses us from dead works so that we may serve a living God. Only those who are alive in the spirit can do living works, that are acceptable to God, and the blood of Christ cleanses us inwardly and makes us people who are servants of the living God. In fact, in Matthew, the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, on the judgment day, many will come to me and they'll say, Lord, we we served you, we told others about you, we performed miracles. But he says, I'll say to them, get away from me. I didn't know you, which means they did not have that personal relationship with God. They did not know Christ as their Savior and Lord. So even if you do these works, unless they are done in Christ, they are done, you will not gain anything. They do not take us anywhere. They do not please the Lord. When you become a believer, you will want to know the will of God. You will love to do the will of God. And then you will enjoy to do the things that are pleasing to the Lord. And you begin to see things through uh, Christian eyes. So when we have done all these things, we have seen where we are. we are placed by God, whatever he has given us to do, we apply ourselves to do those things with all our heart. We do it as not unto men, to please men, but so that God is glorified and honored. And we remember that we are serving Christ. We can only do these things through his power. So we constantly need to be walking with him, reading the word, and praying. Pray for passion. Pray for, for faithfulness. Pray for the energy to do what God has required you to do. And he is faithful. So, dear sisters, um, I think I'll end here, but I'd like to say that in view of these things, let us make it our aim to live well. We have limited time. We don't even know whether tomorrow will be there. Time is limited to do things. Let us do things passionately. Let us offer our lives daily um, to the Lord as a sacrifice pleasing to him. And as Paul says in Corinthians, for to him and through him and to him are all things, and to him be glory forever. Amen.